What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Specialite in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Specialite door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The number of marijuana retail locations allowed in the city of Benton Harbor will not change, at least for now. At a meeting last night, city commissioners considered a proposed ordinance amendment that would have made several changes to the rules governing local marijuana businesses, ultimately increasing the number of retail locations allowed from six to nine. However, commissioners balked at the idea. Commissioner Edward Isom said he's not opposed to marijuana businesses, but doesn't want the city to overdo it. We got six. We got three operating now. I say let's see how we do with the six. Commissioner Juanita Henry had similar thoughts. 4.5 miles city. It's not a whole lot of avenues. I mean, I just think that I was great for the recreational and the medical, but I just think that we're just too flooded right now. Commissioner Ron Singleton said the city can wait and see how things go if it does reach that limit of six marijuana retail locations. Commissioner Sharon Henderson proposed changing the retail limit from nine to six in the proposed ordinance amendment while approving other changes that were included, but her motion failed. As a result, the status quo remains. After years of sitting empty, another Benton Township storefront may be getting a new life. Fair Plain Plaza owners Lormax Stern and Cornerstone Alliance are seeking to rehabilitate and redevelop the former Rite Aid location at the corner of M139 and Napier Avenue. Township officials helped them to take the first step Tuesday by passing a resolution to establish a commercial rehabilitation district for that property. Cornerstone Director of Community Improvement Zachary Vaughn says the move will help to attract a business to the location. For attraction purposes, this is something that you can advertise as an incentive, okay. saying that, hey, if you do consider this site, you could potentially qualify for a tax exemption. Members of the township board asked Vaughn if they would have any say in what business will be put on the site. He assured them any potential business would be brought to the township in advance of development. Benton Harbor Area Schools has launched a new program intended to keep the community aware of what the district has to offer. The Community Roar is an internet-equipped bus that will help families receive educational assistance from the school district and partners. District Student Support Services Chief Paul Corson tells us that Interim Superintendent Kelvin Butts had the idea of taking Benton Harbor Area Schools directly to families. The bus will be at community events. We will start off with some kind of basics of digital literacy that we will have to make sure that we can support our parents being able to jump onto things like our school information system, power school, checking emails, making sure that they understand what kind of supports we do have for their students and making sure that everybody kind of is informed of how we can help them. The bus is equipped with a mobile computer lab to allow anyone to take part in a learning series about the school district. Corson says with the community roar, residents will be able to speak directly with staff and share ideas, concerns, and ask about services in a personal setting. The bus launched on uh, Tuesday, and its schedule will be released in the coming weeks. A meeting will be held next week for the public to learn more about the Palisades Economic Recovery Plan. The plan is being developed by the University of Michigan's Economic Growth Institute and local partners to help Van Buren County recover from the nuclear power plant's closure. Market Van Buren Programs Manager Sarah Snowing tells us next week's presentation will be on the assessment portion of the plan. 
We know that there's been an outflow of people who no longer had positions at the plant and transferred with Entergy to other parts of the U.S. We've also heard anecdotally from some local restaurant owners that they're concerned about the impact that outflow of people will have on their business in the off-season. Snowing says as the plant is developed, the team has looked at other communities where nuclear power plants have closed. We're also looking at other communities that have experienced other large plant closures. You can think like a primary manufacturer or even a military base. The Palisades Economic Recovery Plan is being developed in multiple phases. The assessment portion, which they're on now, is the second phase. Next will be the recovery strategy. Information gathered from the public next week will be used to develop the final plan. The meeting will be on Monday on Zoom starting at 11 a.m. The Berrien County Health Department is raising awareness about radon and offering free testing kits during this Radon Action Month. The health department's Nick Margaritas tells us radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the U.S. after smoking. You cannot taste it, you cannot see it, you cannot smell it, and it comes through the ground, basically through the soil uh, and into the house, and people may be exposed to it. It's a carcinogen. Margaritas says radon is a silent threat, but with proper testing and action, it can be easily mitigated. That's why the health department's offering the testing kits. Radon forms naturally as a result of uranium breaking down. Residents are encouraged to test their home for radon every two to five years. Anyone who wants a testing kit can contact the health department. Water Valit has named an interim city manager. With the departure of city manager R. Tyler Dotson as of February 1st, the city commission formally approved an agreement with city engineer Alan Smacka to assume the day-to-day duties of city manager through April 31st. Smaka has served as the city's engineering consultant for the past two years, helping the city with several infrastructure projects, capital improvements, and public works operations. Prior to his relationship with the city, he worked for more than 20 years at Whiteman, moving up the ranks from surveying to chair of the board. He's a Purdue graduate and has more than 20 years in the engineering field. The city commission is discussing its next steps to fill the vacant position and will meet again to discuss the process at their next regular meeting, which is February 7th. An organization pushing for an end to gun violence is urging state lawmakers to enact new legislation in the first 100 days of the new term to reduce gun violence. Gifford's Gun Owners for Safety of Michigan President Jonathan Gold says it's time for common sense laws. For the first time, we have a majority of representation in government who wants to take a stand on gun safety issues. It's been pretty obvious over the last 20 years in the state of Michigan that it hasn't been an emphasis. So, you know, legislative sessions come and go very quickly. It's only a two-year span of time to get things done. And we know in government terms, we could have to use every day of those two years. Gold says supporters of gun violence legislation are pushing for universal background checks, extreme risk protection orders, safe storage laws, and protections for victims of domestic violence. Events were held across the state today for supporters of reforms to make their call. And State Representative Pauline Wenzel is drawing attention to human trafficking by introducing a resolution in the Michigan House declaring January Human Trafficking Awareness Month. She says that human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in the world, second only to drug trafficking is the most profitable form of crime, bringing in around $87 million a day. Wenzel says human trafficking is not a faraway problem, with I-94 running right through southwest Michigan in its proximity to Chicago, Detroit, and Grand Rapids. Human trafficking often involves someone forced into prostitution. Wenzel says local businesses and police have worked hard to fight the problem, forming a partnership to spread awareness. She notes that she's backed legislation in past years to provide support and hold harmless human trafficking survivors. The resolution naming January Human Trafficking Awareness Month was approved in the House this week. 
WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. A deadline looms tomorrow when the U.S. hits its $31 trillion debt limit. So far, it's a stalemate in Congress. Details from ABC's Elizabeth Schulze in Washington. Republicans say this is a bargaining chip when it comes to a way to make spending cuts from the federal government. They look at the government debt. Republicans say that number is far too high and the, the U.S. government needs to do a better job of balancing its budget. That's an argument they're, they're able to make, but it certainly is not one that's relevant to the conversation of paying its existing obligations. At least that's what Democrats would say. The White House refuses to negotiate. The Treasury Department says that there's no deal. It can buy time until June by moving money around in what it calls extraordinary measures. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says that the country defaults on its loans. Funding for government agencies and the military will halt and millions of jobs will be lost. Anti-abortion activists have multiple reasons to celebrate and some reasons for unease when they gather Friday in Washington for the annual March for Life. The march has been held each year since January of 1974, a year after the U.S. Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision established a nationwide right to abortion. This year's gathering will be the first time since the high court struck down Roe v. Wade in a momentous ruling last June. Since then, 12 Republican-governed states have implemented sweeping bans on abortion. But in the same period, abortion opponents were defeated in votes on ballot measures in Kansas, Michigan, and Kentucky. State courts have also blocked several abortion bans from taking effect. The White House is responding to House Republicans Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Lauren Boebert, and Scott Perry all earning spots on the House Oversight Committee. ABC's Karen Travers has more. The White House says that House Republican leaders are handing the keys of the Oversight Committee over to the, quote, most extreme MAGA members of the Republican caucus. Lawmakers, the White House says, have promoted violent rhetoric and dangerous conspiracy theories. The statement from spokesman Ian Sams doesn't name anyone explicitly, but includes links to news reports referencing Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, Lauren Boebert, and Scott Perry. Sams says the Biden administration is ready to work in good faith to accommodate Congress's legitimate oversight needs, but by appointing these members on the committee, Sam says, quote, it appears that House Republicans may be setting the stage for divorce from reality political stunts. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. A shooter stood over a 16-year-old mother clutching her 10-month-old baby and killed them both in a brazen attack in a central California farming community that left six dead. That's according to the uh, Tulare County Sheriff during a news conference Tuesday. Police are seeking at least two suspects, and there's a $10,000 reward for information leading to their arrests. Sheriff's deputies responded about 3.30 a.m. Monday to reports of multiple shots fired at the home in an unincorporated Goshen just east of Visalia. Goshen's a rural community in the agricultural San Joaquin Valley. At least 16 people have died after a helicopter crashed into a residential building in Ukraine. Officials say the helicopter crashed outside of Kiev and that the country's interior minister, along with his staff and the helicopter crew, all died. The building was hit. That was hit. housed a kindergarten and at least three children have died? ABC's Matt Gutman has more from Ukraine. They don't know exactly what caused it, but they are investigating mechanical error, pilot failure that was foggy that day, and even foul play, whether the Russians or someone else might have had some hand in bringing that helicopter down. Uh, it was a French-made helicopter just given to Ukraine after the start of the war. So we don't think it's something that's old or was really out of date. New ice core data shows Greenland is the warmest it's been in more than a thousand years. Until today's study, scientists didn't have recent ice core data. The last ice core was from 1995. 
This newer data from 2011 shows a spike in temperatures between 1995 and 2011. Scientists say that warming in Greenland in the past may have been masked by local weather variability, but not anymore. Climate change is blowing that away. The study's lead author says it's a clear signal of climate change. It also matches the increased ice melt runoff from Greenland. A woman and a young boy are dead in a remote Alaskan town after they were attacked by a polar bear. ABC's Alex Stone has details. The polar bear chased down and killed the woman and young boy when it entered a remote Alaskan village. Another person in the village shot and killed the bear during the attack. It happened on Tuesday in Wales, Alaska, the westernmost point of the American mainland. The population is around 170 people. Police say the polar bear chased multiple people and then fatally attacked the woman and child. Male polar bears can weigh 1,200 pounds. Alaska state troopers are now working to travel to Wales as weather conditions allow to investigate the deaths. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.